a spouse to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. She shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord, of the Lord by the prophets, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Amen. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Divine interruptions. I'm going to ask Josh Quinn to lead to the throne of grace. Amen. If there is one truth that's prevalent to us all, it is our lives have known many interruptions over the last couple of years. And honestly, it doesn't look like it's ended yet with another variant on the horizon. Please don't get called up in that too much because when that one dies out, they'll be cranking up another one. I believe they've already got them in the box ready to crank them out. Just whenever one dies, they'll bring another one that's put on the scene. But can you imagine what it was like when the king of glory chose to be born of a virgin and came as a baby? Sure, they looked from his side, but they didn't expect him to come in the fashion in which he did. And the truth was... He messed up a lot of people's plans that day. As a matter of fact, a whole lot of people had some divine interruptions. And understand, when Jesus came, only a handful of people on earth expected it. Most had no idea what was taking place. And how sad it is, the majority still today have no idea what that day really means. You ask 10 people what Christmas is about, they'll say children, gifts, time off from work, a bonus, if that's such a thing, is still possible. Uh, you, you, and for some, it's the only time of the year they'll come to church. And how sad it is that most don't have no idea what it's all about. As a matter of fact, if you had read Jerusalem News that day, they would have talked about the taxing, they would talk about the number of people that was in the city, but I assure you, Jesus would not have been mentioned 
in their newspaper that day. And when news came that old crazy Herod has ordered the death of little boys under two years of age, most had no idea what, it, what that was about. Had no, no idea exactly why is this crazy man doing this? But that day, a whole lot of people got divine interruptions. Herod got news that another king has been born, and he was divinely interrupted. Shepherds expecting to keep sheep and bedding them down, all of a sudden were divinely interrupted. Wise men, no doubt, made their plans because wise men don't waste time. You realize that they, they were divinely corrupted as they got their gifts together and went in search of a king. I wonder if angels were divinely interrupted. I don't know. Their, their design, their creation was to give glory to Jesus. So we have to wonder where their plans were divinely interrupted. But let me just say this. No one's plans were more divinely interrupted as much as Joseph and Mary's plans were that day. Their life was just about to be turned upside down. Verses 1 through 17, we have the genealogy here mention of Jesus. You'll just find in the midst of that genealogy a whole bunch of messed up people. But aren't you glad that God's a master at messed up people? And so we find, though, in verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. I think sometimes we forget to, to be mindful. Uh, these were real people. They were, she was a real young man and she was a real young lady. And how would you feel, sir, if you came home and your wife said you were engaged? That betrothal, that spousal was a one-year affair. Literally, it was as if you were married and there's several reasons for that. One of the reasons for this one-year betrothal or engagement was to prove the purity of the young lady, that she wasn't with child, because in a year's time, it'll show up. As a matter of fact, Esther, I've said this, Esther spent a year preparing for one night with the king. Part of that was because he had to be proven that if she become pregnant, it belonged to the king. So they waited an entire year. Second, it was a time for the young man to prepare for his wife. And so the reality was that it was went for one year. And during this time, it was as much a commitment as being married. And so during this time, all of a sudden, before they came together, she said, Joseph, I'm with child. And I know you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. But this is not a come from a physical interaction. This has come from a spiritual 
interaction. This child's of the Holy Ghost. Now, unless you have fallen and hit your head, you're going to, you would struggle to believe that. You know, it would be, you, you would be just like Joseph. And so we find, while he thought on these things, that he, 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 was, he was just so, so bothered. And, and no, can, can you just imagine how all of their plans, their, their, their planning where they're going to live, they're going to plan on the camels they're going to buy, they're planning to set up house, and, and they're, they're making all these plans, and then their lives are divinely interrupted. Wow. I love verse 19. And Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. He had two choices there. He could have brought Mary into the center of the city and had her stoned to death, no questions asked. He could have stoned her to death. But Joseph, being a just man, a good man, now don't you an amazing, God knew how Joseph was. Because if Joseph had been an angry man, he may have stoned her. But he was a just man. So he's decided he could put her away or literally divorce her, if you will, and put her away and go on about his life. So and put her away privately, not to embarrass her, not to embarrass her family. But can you hear Joseph saying, wow, I didn't expect this interruption. I didn't expect this to happen. And then while we, while he's pondering all this, the Bible says, while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, aren't you glad? Fear not! My would to God, God's people could get a hold of the fact that God doesn't want you living in fear. I would to God we could get a hold of that. I don't believe the divine interruptions would mess up our lives as much if we just feared not. And so Joseph and Mary are getting ready. He says, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. But what do you do when your plans get divinely interrupted? What do you do? Can, can God... Can God, asking you a personal question, can God interrupt your life? Now be careful how you answer that. Because he may send an interruption tomorrow to see if you're sincere in what you say. He may send a divine interruption just to see how you would react to it. But can he interrupt your life? Joseph and Mary are about to be divinely interrupted. But what do we do? Well, let me just give you a few things. Let me say, first of all, before I go any further, let me be clear. God's not the author of confusion. He's not the author of confusion. 
Please understand that he's not. Never has been or never will be. But what do we have? What can we do? And, and, and I, I pray you'll get this. It'll really help you. I, 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 this message will really help you tremendously. Because all of our lives are at times divinely interrupted. First of all, be benevolent. What I mean by being benevolent, be gracious. You know, you don't have to be as mean as a junkyard dog. You don't. It's not what's said here in this passage. It's what's not said here. I don't know when she told him, but he's not falling apart. He's not going. He's not blowing his top. He's not blowing. He's not going crazy. He's not ranting and raving and screaming and hollering and carrying on like a crazy man. He's been very benevolent and gracious. When our lives are divinely interrupted, you don't have to be mean. Being mean is a choice that you make. You don't have to be that way. Now, I don't know who I'm talking to, but I got a hunch I'm talking to somebody that when your life is divinely interrupted, you're just meaner than a junkyard dog. How many understand what I'm talking about? You're in line, car behind you, calling for Chick-fil-A. You're in line, car in front of you, and a car behind you. And all of a sudden, that piece of junk in front of you just stops running. And they can't get it cranked. And you're going, bad, bad! You're riding and raving. You're pissing a fit. Why are you doing that? Why are you acting that way? Why are you showing yourself? Why are you just being mean? We just don't have to be that way. And, and I'll tell you the reason why. I'll get to point two. I'm going to hang around here for just a little bit. We've all had our times of being divinely interrupted. And you're not going to control a divine interruption. But we don't have to act like lost people do. We don't have to act like the world does. I'm amazed that when I maneuver around in stores, and I'll never forget, we, we was out at Hambry's. Please don't blew this out, but we was behind a dear precious lady. And I'm telling you, she took 30 minutes to check out. And if that wasn't enough, if that wasn't enough, she forgot to pay for something. Oh, Lord, how mercy. I was about ready to pull the money out and pay it for myself so we can move on. But while I'm a sitting there and I'm a thinking, now that girl at the cashier, she's trying to do the best she can. And by the way, these cashiers and, and people behind the counters, they don't need you being ugly. They get enough of that from the lost world. Yeah. 
Why don't we, do, why don't we as Christians and saying, well, honey, you, it's okay. I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm okay. I'm all right. Be benevolent. It's, it's a choice that we make. Don't you suppose Joseph had reason to go, go berserk on her? Don't you listen? Hey, gentlemen, don't you think he had reason to get upset with her? Don't you think he had reason to say, where did you get that story? You, you, you're telling, where did you get that story from? But he doesn't. One of the things he does, he's very gracious. And while he thought on these things, I believe he's hurt. I believe he's very hurt. I do. I believe for a, for, a few, for a little while there, I think the man's heart was broken. But he was gracious. Be benevolent. One of the things I've learned in pastoring, there are days when our lives are simply interrupted. And my attitude in those times tells the world what kind of Christian I truly am. But not just for me, for you as well. Your attitude, when divine interruptions come, tell the world what kind of Christian you are. I never forget the day one of my dearest friends was found dead over here at, at Day's Inn. Elijah was with us, and he was a very young man then, and Ronnie. i never forget that day. And what turned out to be a, a, a five-minute visit turned out to be an all-day affair. Oh, I want you to know, they didn't need me being not benevolent. They needed me to be benevolent. I need to be gracious. I, it ain't the time to preach to them or get angry. It's a time to be kind and loving to people that's hurting. No, Joseph was very gracious. Can I ask you a question? Not not prying now. Not prying. Brother Gil, Brother Gil was still here. He said, Preacher, that's meddling. I can hear him now. And he said, Preacher, that's meddling. But can I ask you a question? Are you just mean? Won't you just jump to excuses? Well, you get honest tonight and say, you know, I'm just mean. And ask God to help you. He might turn that heart, that attitude, put a smile on your face. Because, boy, I tell you what, you look around, everybody's having a hard time in some way or another. Everybody's got problems. Everybody's got issues. Everybody's struggling in some way or another. Everybody's got something they need you to pray about. And so we find here that that um, uh, he was very benevolent. Be gracious. Number two, be believing. Don't miss this. Be open to what God's doing. Can I ask you a second question? First question is, can God interrupt your plans? Then the second question what would it take for God to interrupt your plans? What would God have to do to interrupt your plans? And are you open 
to what he's doing when the divine interruptions come. You realize if God brings a divine interruption, he's got a plan for you. I was going to pray one Sunday morning. No, this had been years ago. It's on Sunday morning early. I went to the mountain and I was going to pray and I was coming back. And the axle went out of that old car I was in. And you know, the front wheel drive, when the axles go, you don't go. You don't go nowhere. I pulled over to the side of the road. I got out. It's, uh, it's about two hours before church, hour and a half before church time. I'm trying to call somebody to come get me. I went around, kicked every tire on that car. I'm just aggravated. I said, bless God. I, I mean, I kicked the tires. I, I just, if you'd been there, you'd, you'd been ashamed of the way I was acting. Because after a while, I got ashamed of the way I was acting. And I said, God, what goes? What is this happening? And all of a sudden, it just dawned on me. It says, if, I know God don't speak audibly. <laughs> I ain't smoking nothing. He don't speak audibly. But it's like God spoke and said, Son, you didn't see that, Rick. You didn't see that car was on the long side of the road right down the corner there, did you? Son, you didn't see what was waiting for you. The devil wanting to hurt you. So I just had to pull your car over the side of the road. Have you ever thought about the fact that that car's in front of you at, at, at Chick-fil-A and one in behind you, you're boxed in and their car quits and God's got a purpose and you're sitting right there? Could it be? Could it be? Could it be? That person up front is embarrassed and because that's the best they can do. How many of you have had a hoopty in your lifetime? I mean, just junk. Just junk. I mean, that's that, nothing else you can make out of it. You hoped it would crank. You would hope it would do good. You'd hope it would get you from one spot to another. I've, had, I've been there. I know what I'm talking about. And I'm going to tell you something. In, in this summer, when somebody's, somebody's behind you, instead of being mean and ugly, they're just looking at it and saying, listen, what can I do to help you? What can I do to help you? Can I call somebody for you? See, the reality is you've got to be open to what God's doing in our lives. While he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared in him in a dream, saying, Joseph, yes, Lord, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife. Wow, wow. God, it must be true. You want me to take her as my wife? Yes, sir. Joseph, that's the plan I got for you. And for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. He doesn't. <laughs> I love it. He doesn't have to make a knee-jerking decision here. Let me stop right here and say this. Some of you will quit being so fearful if you'll quit knee-jerking over everything you're watching the news. I hate to tell you this, that's a lie in this crowd ever was. 
How you know they're lying? Their mouth is moving. And so the reality is you'll do well. But while he's thought on these things, while he's meditating on them, while he's praying about these things, God unfolds before him. He's going to be the guardian of the God of glory. He is going to be the guardian of God himself. We need to understand when God brings divine interruptions, you have no idea what God's doing, but we need to be open to it. We need to be open to it. I went to a hospital for a procedure and a lady put an IV in. The nurse, she said, what do you do for a living? I said, I'm a pastor. Started telling me about what's going on in her life and the church she was in. And I just shared with her what I believe God wanted me to share with her. I went a year later to have the procedure done again. She was still there. She said, I took your advice. I went to this other church and now I'm married and we are just ha so happy at what God is doing in our life. She was just thrilled with what God was doing in her life. And I said, wow, I wonder did God run me through that procedure for such a time as this. See, we don't know, understand sometimes when God divinely interrupts our lives, what He's wanting to do, He's got a plan. He's not haphazardly doing things. He's got a plan. And he's got a plan for you. And you're, he had a plan for Joseph. And he wanted to understand something. That, and, he, and I love this. He said, and don't be afraid. Fear will paralyze your faith. Fear almost moved Joseph to put her away and miss and miss the plan of God. He almost put her away, but he never, because fear almost paralyzed his faith. And so may we just see, fear will keep you from going and praying for someone in a hospital or visiting a home. I love the story in the Old Testament about David standing before the facing Goliath. And the king said, you little rock, what makes you think that you can beat Goliath? And I love this. He said, let me tell you my bear story. Let me tell you my lion story. How do you get the lion story? When the lion and the bear divinely interrupted his life, he found out he was the plan of God because if he defeat a lion and defeat a bear, the Goliath, he'd take his head off too. Oh, there'll be times God interrupts our life. And we're not happy about it. We don't like interruptions. I don't like interruptions. I don't. I learned this the hard way. A Wednesday, John's Decker sat right here every Sunday come by my office. He's come by to talk to me. I had a plan. I had work to do. 
I need to be busy doing that work. And he wanted to talk. He sat there and he talked for two, two to three hours. And when he left, I was kind of grumbling and fussing. I was acting like some of you. I said, my gosh, don't even know I got stuff to do. I got to get this done. I mean, churches tonight, I, I got to get ready and got to be prepared. But then Friday came and he had a heart attack and I never got to make a, have another discussion with that man a lot, again a lot, no more. I never got to talk to him again. And when he called, when they called me and said, John just had a heart attack and he's on the ventilator. They're going to do Oakmar's surgery. They did that night. They did Oakmar's surgery. He passed away about three months later. The reality was I never got to talk to him again. And it's just like God said, I divinely interrupted your life and I'm not so sure you didn't miss it. So now when people come by my office, I got all the time you need. Because divine interruptions, we always look at them as being bad. But sometimes it's the very plan of God. God wants to do something for you. Not only, not only. Let me stop here and say, God's plans are always greater than yours. God's plans are always greater than yours. Can I say this? God's plans are always harder than ours. God's plans are always greater than yours, but God's plans are always harder than ours. They always are. Number three, number three, be benevolent, gracious. Oh, be kind. Be believing, open to what God's doing, and then be determined to grow in faith through the act of obedience. Then Joseph being raised from sleep, did one of the most greatest words in that text as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not. I love that. He was simply saying, I'm not going to mess with what God's doing here. I'm not in no way going to get in God's way. I believe a lot of people have seen early graves because they took upon themselves to fix what they consider wrong in God's work. I believe a lot of people in early graves. Number 16.3, there's a crowd one day told Moses and Aaron, said, you take too much on yourselves, seeing all the congregation holy at one of them. And, and the Bible says, the Lord opened up the earth and swallowed that whole crowd up. They would have done well to just stood still and let God be God. But don't, I don't know why the interruptions have come into your life. But I know this, you don't want to miss the opportunity. Be determined that through this divine interruption that God has saw fit to send to me, I want to grow in it. I want to learn. He's wanting to teach me something. You know, some of us he men, some of us he men that thinks we can... We can fight the world. We're strong. Sometimes God brings divine interruptions to remind us that the best of us are just men. You know? He reminds the best, the best of us are just human. 
just flesh. So he brings divine interruptions. But be determined in the midst of that divine interruptions. Don't stop growing. Stop, keep growing through the act of obedience. It's easy to be obedient when there's no interruptions. It's hard to be obedient in the midst of divine interruptions. I'm going to ask you tonight, can God interrupt your plans? Could I be so personal to ask this? How do you act when God interrupts your plans? Now, I've got a hunch that God's going to be liable to interrupt all of our plans tomorrow. If I was in the backseat of your car and a car in front of you at Chick-fil-A or at McDonald's quit running and a car behind you is boxed in, there's a long line and you can't get out, how would you act? How would you treat the people around you? What about the store when when takes seemingly forever to get checked out? How do you act when divine interruptions come? Can God interrupt your plans? Can God? My, I'm glad there was two. They acted right. And she became the mother of Jesus Christ. And he became the guardian of Jesus Christ, the God of glory. My, what a privilege that would have been. What's God got in store for you? Let's all stand to our feet. Every head bowed, every eye closed.